0: Welcome to With Heart and Wonder. This is a place for us to explore heart-centered living and to celebrate what it means to live with wonder, with awe and appreciation for the possibilities that are within us and around us. I'm Megan Johnston, and I am truly so honored and excited that you are here. Let's dive in and journey together. You're listening to episode 35 of With Heart and Wonder. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. And if you're new around here, welcome. I'm Megan, and my deepest passion is helping others come home to the power of their hearts. This podcast is all about mindful living that celebrates the wisdom of our hearts and lives lived with awe, wonder, and playful curiosity. I'm joined today by Amanda Coburn, who is the visionary behind Gem Conference and the freewheeling craft markets here in Ottawa. GEM Conference is a conference for modern businesswomen and entrepreneurs passionate about growth. In this episode, we talk about Amanda's experience as an in-person events organizer, bringing community online. Amanda, I am just thrilled to have you here today. You are such a bright presence, um, especially in this Ottawa community, and then now in this this new digital age of COVID. I know um, the work that you're doing is 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 truly tra- traveling uh, across Canada and across the world, and that is is so exciting. I would love. I know we're going to talk today a lot about community and um, your role as an event organizer, community architect. We're going to talk about community as we move into this fall season of what is kind of a a really different fall. Um, But I'd love first for you just to introduce yourself. So could you tell us a little bit about you and and what lights your heart up?
1: Yeah, so first, hi to all your listeners. My name is Amanda Coburn. Oh my God, there's so many things that light me up and I try really hard to surround myself with those every day. Um, But what kind of got me to this point of, you know, events and community architect is... Five or six years ago, I really assessed that where I was working and what I was doing wasn't what we needed. I have two young children, and I found myself not spending a lot of time with them and really being pulled away to a career that I really didn't align with anymore. I was in retail. I was a retail manager, and I loved it at the beginning. But as the kids grew older, I just wasn't able to be the mother I wanted to be. I looked for a job. You know, I had retail experience, which sometimes isn't necessarily seen as those transferable skills, especially when you're in a really competitive job market. So I said I was going to build my own experience. I know what I'm strong at. I know what I'm good at. And I'm really passionate about helping other people live in alignment and what they want to be doing. So I started working with small businesses. I started working with organizing craft markets. And at the time, Ottawa was kind of emerging as this craft scene. So it's been really fun to be a part of that and see so many entrepreneurs build these businesses and be able to live a life that they love. As I was building these craft markets, I really started to see that these people needed a little bit more to help them push to that next level. So I looked at what can we do? What can we do for these people that are into their business? They're not starting. You know, they already have what they're doing. They have an Instagram account and they have all the parts of the business. How do they take it to the next level? And that's where I really saw that there was a space for the conference and for Jim.
0: Cool, that's amazing. Yeah. So first I wanna say that like um, here in the Ottawa scene, Amanda's craft markets are like known when you talk to makers <laughs> they're known as like the funnest best craft markets because you have such like an incredible passion for really like cultivating an experience that I think really like awakens all the parts of our senses like from a mindfulness perspective and um, and I know there's so much attention to detail because it's not just about like hosting a craft market it's about picking a location that's inspiring and having locally made food that um, that is is exciting and and I know even from talking to you like the attention that goes into like the flow of the market and where people are placed and um, and then that you have now brought that same incredible attention to detail to gem conference and for those who are not familiar with gem conference could you tell us a little bit about what this conference is all about
1: yeah let me you know you touched on a lot of things there and i'm gonna bring it back to i was very fortunate in my retail experience to work for tiffany and company you know they i got recruited by a headhunter company and they you know saw that i aligned with the brand values and i anyway, knew everybody knows tiffany and company it's kind of the the gold standard of building a brand retail and service and i really it really polished up my, my skills yeah, of management, yeah. leading sales, and what creating an experience can do. I mean, you're getting people to spend $400 on a sterling silver bracelet, which let's face it, you're buying the blue box.
0: The blue, that's what it, I was so, going to say. It comes right? in a little blue box. Yeah. When you
1: take that box away, it's still just a sterling silver bracelet, but they are just masters. They have crafted this experience. So I really saw the power And then as you know, I'm a strong leader, and I understand how to coach versus manage. Coaching these really strong salespeople, seeing the difference in their sales and what they were able to achieve, like we achieved in one year, 80% growth on diamond sales. And it was by, just it's a diamond ring at the same time. It's the blue box. And what do you get when you buy that blue box? And it's the service and almost being a part of something afterwards as well. So I really try to take that to small business and these craft markets. When I first started, we were off the beaten path location. We convinced people to like walk, go to this like kind of dumpy building in the middle of the city, which is kind of hipster and cool. Now walk out of the parking lot, up this ramp or these really creepy stairs into the back of the building, into this warehouse where there's kind of a co-working space for crafters and woodworkers and whatnot. But they did events at the time. And I really saw the power if you give people a reason to come and sell this experience, a, it makes them stay longer. They might go back and shop. I'm giving the husbands and the kids something to do. So the wife or whoever, maybe it's the husband who wants to shop, whoever is there to kind of explore longer can, because they're occupied, you know, and they just kind of feel like they've come and supported something a little bit bigger than just some tables in a room.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah. And they really are like a, Uh, a feast for the senses you know and um which I think is is so cool and the the off the beaten path locations in some ways like is also what like adds to the intrigue and the excitement and going to check out somewhere new um yeah that's incredible yeah and then now if we fast forward like you're still running these craft markets and now you've got this business conference gem conference yeah Yeah. (laughs) can you tell us a little bit about gem
1: I kind of it was the same premise it was i really saw you know we have conferences in ottawa and these gatherings for women and people and entrepreneurs but really knowing that people want a little bit more of an experience you know they want that instagramable experience and that flavor of local food and you know with your ticket you're also supporting these other small businesses and i really sell that i want people to understand that they're buying more than just this conference ticket But not taking, I I find sometimes with conferences when you kind of focus on all the other stuff, sometimes the content gets sacrificed. Yeah. And that's ultimately what we're here for. I want you to walk away and feel so fired up and fired up in that kind of alignment values side, but also then you've learned some new skills to actually take that fire and go actually implement it into your business.
0: Yeah, 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 which is incredible. And um, there's definitely, I mean, there's definitely a real energy that you've kind of lit in the Ottawa entrepreneurial community, and then now with the the pivot to online, um, that's spreading, which I think is is so cool. Yeah. is so cool to see. And um, the first Jam Conference happened 2019 in the spring, um, and then you had a digital version this past yeah. this past spring. And I would love to talk a little bit about. What it's been like as an in-person events organizer to move things online. And I think I'm so excited to talk about this today because we're recording this. It's the end of September and we're we're moving into this season of fall. And and here where you and I both live in in Ottawa, Ontario, um, we're definitely starting to experience the beginnings of, of a second wave. And I know a lot of people are feeling anxious about like, what it's going to look like as we come into this fall season when you can't be meeting people in the parks anymore or you can't be going for, for hikes, like socially distant hikes. And um, I think a lot of people are craving community right now. And so I'm really excited to dive into what it's looked like to build community in the digital space. And let's like start by like maybe um, some of the things that have kind of surprised you about this. Oh my God, so
1: many things. I think back in March, if your business was built around in real life, whether it was networking or whether it was building, you know, the spaces where people come together, we were terrified. Like, what does that look like? They're talking about years of this. Like, what are we gonna do? Um, And after the initial shock and kind of started to get my brain power back, I really started to look at what people are doing started to research platforms. And I was like, there has to be a way to still gather people together and do what we were doing before. I started participating in other conferences. And what I found was that I didn't necessarily get that feeling of, we're all here together, you know? We're all apart, we're spread across the country, and if not, the world. Um, But I don't feel like I'm experiencing something with them. Yeah. And I did, I found this incredible platform that is in its early infancy stages. So they're still learning and still adding things. Um, But what we did was bring these people together. We had these incredible people on the stage, but people were able and attendees were able to chat in the moment, were able to, Tell the speakers, I love what you just said, and then all of a sudden, you saw the speaker go, "Oh my God, I can I love that that resonated with you. Attendees were sharing Instagram handles. They were answering questions that we didn't get to because the chat was going so fast. It was, it was absolutely wild. incredible.
0: Yeah, it was wild. And so, um, so I was I was in attendance at at this digital conference back in the spring, and and let's 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 say so you had. Um, I mean, in comparison, the in-person event, the first go-around, there were, what, 300 people there? Yes, 250, 250, 250, 250 60, 60, yeah. and then this go-around, how many people registered?
1: It was 900, but I'd say typically you'll get about 60 to 70% that will actually, like,
0: yeah, and there were, the like, moment. Yeah. yeah, there were, like, hundreds of people, yeah. like, 600 people at any given moment, and there was, you were watching the speaker talk and there was this chat box on the side and you're right. It was like wildfire. Like if you looked away for a second, you like didn't, like you would miss things. It was, it was incredible. And what was so interesting, I was kind of trying to describe it to a few people afterwards. What was really interesting that I think you just hit on was the fact that in a way it like opened up dialogue. So sometimes when Mm -hmm. you go to a conference, um, especially if it's one where uh, where there's not as many breakout sessions, there's not as much opportunity for for those who are attending to kind of like share their perspectives and stories and and the feedback on, on what it is that they're hearing. And what was so cool is that there was an opportunity to create connections with each other and to give feedback to the speaker. Mm -hmm. While like in real time, whereas you could never have that in a room because everyone would be talking to each other and it would just, it would be rude and loud and it just wouldn't make any sense. But the digital platform like let people engage and and make like amendments and suggestions and it, it was incredible.
1: And in real life, I think in our first one, like three people ask questions, people get shy, right? That's like, worse. so I think, you know, and I noticed that two of the three people that stood up are coaches and people that are already comfortable asking questions and speaking in front of people. So this really allowed anybody to have a voice. And I would say if anyone's thinking of doing anything virtual, do a lot of research. I spent a solid day one day, just like Googling virtual things, looking at blogs, looking at who was doing it how are they selling it and then what are they offering and something that really stood out to me was that attendees can be a really valuable part of the learning experience yeah so it's like how again then it posed how do we do that how do we make sure that they can be a part of it because i didn't feel a part of that when i was doing x conference and y gathering the month before so when we kind of go in with it with that philosophy I really tried to pull out and even at the top, I said, ask your questions, say who you are. And then all of a sudden you started to see it going and then other people see it going and they start going. And this time I actually, someone actually just offered to help and it was a volunteer from the in real life one. And I think I'm going to put her right down all the questions you see, cause we missed so many of them. Cause like you said, it was going so fast. Yeah. I had my phone snapping pictures, like being like, Oh my God, that's a great question. I don't want to miss it. Maybe we can answer it later. Of like course. when the conference is over. Um, But I really want to make sure that we don't miss as many this time. Yeah. uh, Because everyone's question is important. Or if one question comes up a lot, like, you know, we can do a webinar. You know, like we can build on it after because it's obviously something that's common across, you know, many experiences.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what was, like, interesting too, I think, was the the timing of the conference and the fact that it really allowed a – like a diversity of voices to be heard in a moment when that was needed. Um, The conference was, can you remind me of the dates? I know it was in June.
1: Okay, so it was May 30th and 31st. Yeah. And just to remind people that was within six days of George Floyd. Yeah. I did have some really beautiful women of color on the stage. and as a community architect, I think it's important, you know, we curate and we help guide the content, but it's important to know when to step back. You know, in the day with Sha Brady, who's a cis white woman, and she spoke about the experience in Central Park, about the Karen, right? And that opened up this floodgate of really positive dialogue. You know, our next speaker, Jam Gamble, who's coming back is a black woman who speaks on slaying the mic and finding your voice. Something that shocked her and, Made me cry. I can't even tell you how many times out of joy and pride. um, She speaks about finding your voice and realized in that moment that she was telling people to do it, but wasn't using hers to her full extent. She'd never gone on a stage and spoken about how exhausting it can be to be a black woman in the room and expected to explain what it's like being black and the experiences that you have. She was messaging me that night being like I loved it and little did I know that Komal who was a speaker the next day and I was supposed to interview Komal messaged me and said you know what I'd actually really like to interview Jam. And this is what passing the mic is called. You know, I really had to look and step back and say something powerful is happening here. Like This isn't about me, and I stepped aside and let Jam come back. And they had an incredible. I don't know if you. I think I was. Yeah. It was. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was. And and it was really. I don't think.
1: I don't think I would have experienced June and what was happening the same way as an organizer and as a human being, had I not witnessed that. Yeah. And the way they spoke about it, you know, being able to support, the black women in our community.
0: Yeah, which was just an 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 incredible. an incredible discussion about yeah about lived experience and um and it was raw and real and invited people into the conversation and and yeah and one of the the other things i think that was so neat and i know that you've shared this on social media as well but is this idea that like having that that chat box also allowed you to yeah. see the people who were doing a lot of community building who maybe mm-hmm. weren't presenters. And someone who comes to mm-hmm. mind is Jenny J. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and who is now coming back um, mm-hmm. as a speaker this go-around, which I think is so incredible because I remember seeing all of the labor that she was doing in that mm-hmm. that chat box. And, and in some cases, um, it was cheering people on and validating them. And in other cases, it was like, very effectively, um, challenging people and, and like, and, um, inviting them into conversations around, um, use of language. Like she had some great comments when one of the speakers was using, um, the word mantra, which is, Mm. you know, a word that comes to us from South Asian lineages. And so like there were just some really beautiful moments where, where in this case, like Jenny wasn't a speaker, but she was able to, as a participant, take on this role of an educator and a community leader, which was just incredible to see.
1: So this leads into two really good points. The first being that I believe in putting real people up on the stage and it's people that attendees can relate to. You know, they might be a few steps ahead of you or they just made that choice to really go for it. And they have some lessons to teach to people that are starting or maybe in more of the beginning phases or maybe have blockages that aren't allowing them to get to that next step. And then the other point is that going back to my point about attendees being a valuable part of the experience is in that moment, as I was seeing Jenny and then what I later learned was her mother, Kumi, I actually wrote notes next to like all the other notes. Find out who Jenny and Kumi are. Absolutely. Because they stood out so much with like what you said, just such valuable contributions to creating a positive dialogue. Yeah. You know, and what could have been, I think in any community, and when you're having these kinds of conversations, there is potential for it to go either way. You know, and we had really set a stage on positive dialogue and making sure that whatever you're doing in the chat is respectful. We're gonna have different views. We're coming from all different walks of life. So I think when you're building communities and places for sharing of information, it's important to set that value of respect and positivity. And if we have different views, that's okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that it isn't even like always necessarily positive like 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 cheery positive you know but yeah. that we can we can engage with others in ways um that we can hold them accountable that are respectful yeah I yes, think exactly. is um yeah it's so important um and so so were there any other kind of like incredible moments or like surprises that have happened for you in the last I mean I guess it's been like almost six months now that you've been working to bring things online and and the conference and the craft markets as well. Like, are there any other things that you've kind of learned in this space of like trying to cultivate community in an online setting?
1: I think this is a great segue into this other part that we wanted to talk about and it's this audience versus community kind of in the really basic terminology, an audience can be bought, you know, there are people that might follow you on Instagram, you have a newsletter, they pop into your website, and they're kind of in the mix of what you're doing. But you're still talking to them, you know, it's kind of more of a one way dialogue. Versus community, you know, these are people that have really bought into what you're doing. And they're speaking back to you. You know, you and it's important to listen, because these people are telling you how they want you to show up. Right. So I think we really saw as we kind of lost how we're used to doing things, who is really a part of that community right? and who is really behind us and going to support anything we do, no matter where it is. Um, and I think that was something really beautiful that happened. And now, without geographical barriers, we're able to expand community building beyond our city and beyond our province. Like we had people from Brazil, the UK, the US, Philippines, from all over the world come to Gem in May. And it was just felt really cool that these people saw something in it and wanted to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. And this distinction between audience and community is really interesting. It's um... Yeah, it's so interesting. I don't, I don't know that I think of things in the terms of audience often, but I know that that is really rampant out there, especially in kind of business communities to like talk about like audiences. And I love this idea, like the way that you think about community is so much more as like a co creation, which is a word I use a lot in 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 my communities. Um, but like the way that we can create something really special when we all come together and when we make space. So So that it's not that kind Mm -hmm. of like you said that like one way situation where, you know, you've got got someone taken center stage and like who is dispensing knowledge. But like you said, like seeing every participant as someone who has whose stories and life experiences and knowledge is valuable. And I think that is such like an incredible way to be thinking of things and uh, and approaching things.
1: We've said when you're a part of a community, it's a two-way dialogue. So I'm going to use a couple examples of Gem 1 in May, virtual Gem 1, you know, when we were growing that audience and pulling them into community. And I did have a couple people DM me or email me asking me to show up in a certain way. And it was almost you know, if they were seeing if this was the place for them because they had certain values that they wanted to see the community align with. So one that stands out was a woman that messaged me on DM and she asked if I would still be doing a land acknowledgement despite it being virtual. And I had already had it on my list and I was like, yes, I actually am. I would love your feedback though. Like, is there something specific you want to hear? Because it's new to me to do it virtually. There's going to be new language and I'm used to doing it in this way. You know, we're actually gathered physically in this space and we're grateful and we acknowledge where we are. I love that
0: you asked for feedback.
1: And she loved that. You know, I could have just said, yeah, thank you. I'm going to do it. You know, but there is some value and, you know, and it doesn't take long to just say like, I love your feedback. Do you actually mind giving me some advice? Because it's also new to me.
0: And it allows that co-creation to happen where, Yeah. yeah, where maybe, maybe there were ideas that, that came from that or maybe, maybe mm-hmm. just that act of you asking means that she's more likely to come forward at other times with like ideas for you.
1: Oh, and she was like, oh my God, I can't believe you asked for my feedback. I love that. And like you said, that co-creation and she, I used to shake when I did I just like really didn't want to get it wrong. Of course. I would be like up in front of a stage and like my paper would be shaking and I would read it because I wanted to get it right. Yeah. But now having pulled people in and knowing how people want to hear it, like I went up and did one last week and it was so flowy and like I didn't stumble on the words and having heard how people want to hear it. Of course. has allowed me to do it better.
0: Absolutely. And it's really yeah. creating like that feedback culture that that allows mm-hmm. it to be a thriving community rather than than an audience.
1: And another example I have is a speaker that I saw a couple years ago in real life out in Vancouver. And I've wanted to have this person come out to Ottawa. And this is the power of virtual. This might have been a couple years from now. And now I'm having this person come out onto our virtual stage next week. Um, And when I had my initial meeting with this person, they had some really clear stipulations about what their part of the community was gonna be and things, criteria that I had to meet. And part of it was that if they were gonna come onto the stage, they had to share the stage with a black person. And if there was a better speaker than them, I was to give that spot to them. Wow. I was floored and it just reaffirmed why this person had had such an impact on me. Yeah. Um, You know, this is what I saw with a 30 second talk, but this really affirmed the value that they're going to bring to the stage. Yeah, And it's kind of that person. And I had at virtual gem one in May, it was the lawyer. You guys all need to hear about this. You don't know you do. And when I had the poll, it was like, the least popular one, but I was like, Oh, just wait. Yeah. It's kind of that thing that I know that you need to hear right now and you don't know it yet. And I feel like hearing Jesse next week on the stage is what people need to hear right now. And they just don't know it yet. But when you hear it, I didn't know I needed it when I heard it a couple years ago, but it impacted me
0: so profoundly. And what will Jesse be talking about?
1: So they're going to be on the panel of building a culture of inclusion. Jesse is a diversity and inclusion consultant in Vancouver, but works with brands around the world.
0: Oh neat! Oh, I'm so excited. I um, I really love that that like process was able to evolve. Um, where Jesse was able, their impact on on this community, and and that's the beautiful thing about community. It's like this like. I think of it kind of like a plant, this living thing that is like constantly like evolving and growing, maybe more Uh like a garden actually Uh than, than a single plant. Um, and just like all of the beauty that can happen is, as, as everyone comes and makes their mark and brings their own knowledge into how to Uh nurture like this, this beautiful diverse garden. So, um... And I think it's
1: important. I wanted to obviously continue the Black Lives Matter conversation. It's a big part of business right now and and culture. Um, But, you know, there are five equity-seeking groups and I wanted to make sure that this Panel represented as many voices as possible. It's the first topic that we're going to be speaking about opening day one It's an hour long. Yeah, and why go long, I'm, you know, if there's conversations happening We are not cutting that conversation off I think it needs to be had and the point of putting it first is I want this to be top of mind as you're thinking about all of the other parts of building a business. I think what I saw come out of June, you know apart from this really powerful movement that is way overdue was businesses not understanding how to weave it into their own business. And I want people to come away with it with a clear understanding of how, even if your platform is about you, like it's, you've built it about yourself. There are ways to pull voices in, you know, and to learn and unlearn.
0: Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's really, really powerful and important. And I love seeing this shift, um, that community organizers and architects like yourself, are taking where I, I used to feel often that discussions around um, equity and social justice and diversity and inclusion would be like at the end of the day or like almost like a footnote, you know? And I love the fact that now they're coming like center stage right at the beginning. And I love that that is going to set the tone for what's to come. And and I think it allows for the shaping of, of – like the culture of, of what mm-hmm. you want this digital space to be like, because I think there is this element when we move things online, where um, maybe some of like the cues that we would get in a physical space of what the culture is, is like, you know, where like I can walk into an event and, and feel really welcomed by people coming up to me and saying hi and like, like letting me know that they're excited that I'm there, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and that, It doesn't happen in the same way online and so to like to to show um especially folks with diverse identities right from the beginning that Mm -hmm. their presence is both acknowledged and welcome and that there's a dedication in this culture to create and foster more diversity and inclusion i think is just such a beautiful way to start to start things off so I think as we're like coming into this fall season, and and I know we were chatting a little bit before we started recording about the fact that this next version, this next iteration of the Gem Conference happening um, next or in the, this week um, is going to be a little different, and I think part of that is also. Um, like a reflection of of what we as a community need right now as well as a reflection of your own journey and I know that you have um you had a burnout this summer and I think this is so important to talk about and I would just love to talk for you a little bit about kind of what it's like as a community leader and and for others who who kind of feel like they're wearing these these hats maybe it looks different than you but there's all sorts of ways that we can be showing up as leaders in our community like what it's been like to be um trying to find balance again and what it's Mm -hmm. been like to be um to be intentionally creating communities that uplift
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, my first burnout was actually after Tiffany's. So my Tiffany store was inside Holt Renfrew. And that's when they decided to close, you know, a couple of the stores across Canada. So I made the decision, you know, I was on the bonus track. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to finish off what we started, stayed till the end, um, had a great team around us. And it was just emotionally draining. We pushed so hard, you know, and I got laid off because the store closed. and had my first true burnout of fuzzy brain exhausted just waking up and not knowing what to do with myself i wouldn't say it was depression it was you know i still felt good and i still felt light for the kids and going out and doing things but i wasn't engaged i could just i would sit on i would sit on the sofa and turn the tv on and be like i know i should get up and like the laundry and i wouldn't you know it was like i just couldn't like get up and do anything it took about five months i'd say i think a big part of it was actually i didn't have a cell phone at the time i'd had the company phone and i gave it back and i made the decision to like you know let's just test this and it really forced me in the moments of like say going to pick up my daughter at preschool you know where you would have hopped on facebook for 10 minutes and it really just forced me to sit there or like get out of the car and walk down to the park and like take my shoes off and put my feet in the grass. I love this example. But it really, really showed me how we're addicted to it. We're addicted to that thing in our hand or in our pocket. And the moment we have this, like, there's nothing in my brain. I don't have anything to do for five minutes. Let me just check Facebook or let me see what's on. The next thing you know, you spent
0: half an hour and you've gone down the rabbit hole. Yeah. So in my work, I talk about it as a distinction between filling space and feeling into space. And so this idea mm-hmm. that like if, like you said, if there's like five minutes or 10 minutes where we're free, we feel this need to like fill it with, with like just this we 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 can't just, sometimes we forget how to just be in a moment. Mm-hmm. And that's the yeah. power of reconnecting to ourselves, right?
1: Yeah. And I think on the flip side, <laughs> I call it, there's like physical burnout and then that emotional burnout. But now with the conferences, I'm an empath and I've learned that about myself and I take on a lot of emotion. And I found with the first in real life gem, there was so much positive feedback in that Like I took it all in and I was also exhausted from having done this physical thing and learned this new thing and executed it. And I just tanked after that. I read all of these positive emails and messages and I cried and I was like, Oh my God, it like resonated. And just like, again, that summer, you know, and I think I'm very aware of what my kids need out of me. I take care of my, I try to take care of myself as much as a mother can. Um, But I would say without the kids, I might have gone deeper into it, but I really said, you know what, I really need to go take this moment with the kids instead of like laying up and sleeping in bed for the next couple hours, you know, and I think that was just as beneficial getting out with them and really connecting with them. Um, So I think it's important in burnout to find those things that that feed you, you know, and. it could be taking care of your plants, like you said, (laughs) you know, we have so many plants right now and that has helped so much in COVID, you know, it's just something to take care of in this little routine and finding little things that feed you and help you feel like yourself
0: again. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I know you were sharing a little bit about how like part of, as you are looking to meet people's needs in, in this coming season of fall, like part of the Mm -hmm. programming for for this next go around of of the gym conference and the, f- the first the first iteration was really focused on um, helping people get online and feel comfortable and have the tools to get online and then of course there was a really um, like important theme that emerged at the conference that around um, around inclusion and around accountability and showing up for particularly Black women in in the community and and Black folks. Um, And I know we talked a little bit about how this diversity and inclusion is going to be a a theme of this conference, but another one I think when I'm looking through things is really about helping people create sustainability and care Mm -hmm. for themselves and and in a way um, to build businesses without burnout and and to do so in a way um, that is in alignment with values. can you speak to that at all?
1: yeah for sure I would say back in March you know we kind of as business owners went into survival mode and i was looking at as the may one of we're asking business owners to do things in a whole new way in ways that they might, not even not be comfortable with might just really not know how to do it so the first one virtual one in may was really skills oriented you know so we had basics of diy video and it wasn't like do this and shoot this way it was like what's your story going to be what are you going to like how are you going to set yourself up so you feel comfortable pressing that record button yeah where do
0: you film in your home and those kinds of things
1: (laughs) what do you wear yeah she even touched on like makeup so that when you're seeing yourself you don't see a big shiny spot on your forehead you know which is all things that when you look might make you feel uncomfortable you might be like oh i don't look good today like i really don't feel like recording yeah it was really about making people feel comfortable we had photography we had social media we had podcasting like we went into a ton of topics and then there was burnout like dr tracy and lana talked about burnout and we did touch on a little bit of the more soulful taking care of yourself conversations this time we're flipping it. You know, I think a lot of people went into that survival mode, tried new things. And this summer, I feel like if we hadn't had vitamin D and connection, we would have seen, you know, a lot more negative effects for people. But I think we were able to feed ourselves with those things that we needed on that front. But I think we're going into a little bit of a darker season. You know, we're coming into the fall with the second wave that you touched on and kind of foreseeing that I really wanted this one next week to be about still learning some skills, incredible skills. Actually, we're going to be talking about reels and now video for social media. How are you getting on social media now with the skills that you have feeling comfortable with video to actually go on and sell and connect. Uh, We're going to build on personal branding and things that are really going to help you connect with people online, but a lot more conversation on capacity. Like what do you have being aware of what you have the capacity for protecting Your energy to boundaries. What boundaries are you setting? What are you still aligned with your values? Things might look a little bit different for you right now.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm so excited to see that. That's so aligned. I mean, in my work, right. I touched so much on this idea of like the creative cycle and that there are these moments in in our in, in the seasons of our life and the seasons of a year where we're meant to like really come into these spaces of creation and focus on skill building. And then there are other moments where the skillful thing is actually to let ourselves like really take good care of ourselves and to rest and maybe, and that that in itself fuels our creativity. And so I'm, mm-hmm. um, I'm excited to see this all all come together.
1: Yeah. And I think we have so many businesses going into, you know, October to December is the most important part of their business. You know, it's, it's not an option to not be selling at this time of the year. Yeah. So what are you doing to take care of yourself and set that, you know, standard of what do I have the capacity for in the boundaries so that you can do your best this season? You don't, just because we're not connecting doesn't mean it can't still be a successful season. Absolutely. You know, because we can't go in real life. But how are you protecting yourself and your well-being yeah. while you're doing it?
0: I love this. I um, So as we wrap up here, I wanted to touch a little bit on – so for somebody who um, – I know we've talked a lot about kind of like business owners and entrepreneurs today. And we can talk about them, but also just like for anyone who is feeling a craving to – be in community right now but like stuck at home for whatever reason like um do you have any tips for folks for finding communities um that uplift and like surrounding yourself um with with kind of people that are going to enrich your life
1: gordon like we said there's so many shifts happening and they're happening at such an exponential rate like more than we've ever felt you know I've seen something that, you know, people are looking at 2020, like it's the year that like was canceled, but maybe it's exactly what we needed to like really get down and really reassess what's important to us. And I think as we're seeing so many communities and memberships and new things pop up, there's so many, there's room for opportunity at times like this. But before you start to buy into things, really look at what's important to you and it's shifting, you know, so what was important to you this summer might be very different as we're looking into the fall where some some entrepreneurs might be homeschooling or they might all of a sudden have their children back or maybe before it was go, go, go. And now, like we've been talking about, it's about, yeah, I need a community that's really gonna help me set those boundaries because I can't set them for myself. I need somebody to tell me how to do it because I'm just used to being go, go, go. What's that next step? What's that next goal? And something that I think is really valuable is to do a VIA, which is, you know, write down what your values are, what your abilities are and your interests, you know? So what are my values? What do I want to get out of it? Again, when you're in a community, what are my abilities? Is there anything I can kind of contribute to this learning experience? And then what am I interested in? You know, maybe, maybe you just really need, you're not comfortable going to the gym, but you still need yoga or something, you know, and you're, it it feeds you. So find something online that's going to make you feel comfortable doing it, but that aligns with the, your values and the way they're doing it. There's so many different types of yoga. Of course. Right. So figuring out what that is and what's going to make you feel whole at this
0: time. Yeah. I think
1: is super important. I love
0: that. I love that idea. And I love how tangible that is. And I actually just saw someone, um, posting this morning, uh, about how they are just joined, like a hand lettering, actually with uh, with Becca of Happily Ever Crafter, um, mm. and that, that that their thing was um, that they were going to be taking this fall season just to practice their hand lettering, and and Gosh. that that was they were going to go and buy some new pens. And so I love this idea of thinking of values, interests, abilities, like like what is it that you what is it that your heart is calling you to do right now, and and just, I guess like a gentle invitation for anyone listening to, to take some time, like to pour yourself a cup of tea, take a few minutes, chart out your values, interests and abilities and, and see if there is a way that you can connect with others. Another example, actually, I was just speaking to a woman last night, um, at the yoga attic. And I know you'll have, um, Tina, the yoga Attic founder is going to be, um, at, at this go around of the gem conference. And, um, I was speaking with this woman, um, and she was sharing that her um, she she had her living situation had changed, and she was living by herself now. And so, a huge part of her care over the last little while, has been participating in one of the Yoga Attic programs, which is a monthly yeah. gathering called the Alive Community. And it's been an yeah. opportunity for her to be in community with other people with like-minded values. And so, um, so yeah, I love this tool of the, the VIA. Um, I think that's such a, a beautiful invitation for us all to get curious about And and think about how we can get creative as we move into this next season.
1: Yeah. And I think, so that V.I.A. came out of a book that I bought. So it's called Belong and it's by Radha Agrabal. I would love to have her as a speaker one day. I read this book in a day. It was a really digestible way of, you know, and by Belong, she found herself in her late twenties being around people, but really not feeling aligned and really not feeling like it was community. So she really, took the time to assess what is community, you know? And she really, like, if I'm gonna take a quote around the VIA, it's, if we don't take the time to do a personal VIA assessment for ourselves, we may end up in communities that deplete us and that misalign with our values.
0: Mm, that's so powerful.
1: <clears throat> Isn't it? Yeah, that's, <laughs> I
0: love this book. that's so powerful. I am, um, what a great book suggestion. I, I, yeah. I'm gonna check that one out.
1: Yeah, and she actually in there has like, you know, pages to do the vias and other exercises which is really cool so you can have it kind of all
0: together amazing oh cool i mean it has been so wonderful to have you here and um i think a really important discussion around what co-creating community looks like what bringing community online looks like and and i think definitely for me it's it's really heartwarming to see the ways in which um like we can feel a sense of community online and so if someone's listening and you haven't felt that yet like it's possible Amanda and I are here telling you like it is possible and and we're rooting for you as as hopefully you start to find a sense of of community online in these next few months if if being in out in person I know here in Ottawa like if if that is if there's some limitations to that for you
1: yeah I know for sure and I'm not holding this like platform I found and everything close to my chest. Everybody can, anyone can do it. It's possible for anybody to build these online communities. It's researching the tools, but also understanding I, I didn't, I, I didn't know what it was going to be. It's as much work as in real life. Of course. You know, even though I'm sitting at a desk in my home, it is so much work. So I want people to go into it with that mindset, understanding that it is a commitment to build these.
0: Yeah. I think sometimes there's this idea with, um, I know I kind of had people in my life who who were kind of like, oh, you're moving to teaching online. Like you're just turning on the camera and talking. And um, yeah. and it was interesting, even myself a little bit. I, I had a conversation with a friend back in July and was telling them I was going to be starting this new online course, Radical Rest Rhythms. And they, they were like, okay, well, that makes sense, I guess, if you're willing to like put in like like all the time for the learning curve and I was like what learning curve <laughs> and then yeah. you know and then myself am, am experiencing a little bit of depletion right now because yeah it, it it was a lot of work but um but there's definitely and we were talking about this uh like a beautiful accessibility to it and yes. um and so much magic that can come out of it Amanda as we wrap up is there anything else on your heart that you feel called to share today
1: I think it's the balance of again the capacity, the boundaries. What do you what do you have to give right now? But not being afraid to push out of your comfort zone, because we are having to find new ways to connect with people. You know, and it's calling us to try different platforms and different ways of doing that.
0: Yeah, it's definitely an invitation right now for us all to 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 find new ways of of doing things but also new ways of being and I think that yep. is so beautiful well I want to share it with everyone so this episode coming out on the 29th and so if you're listening we've got the gem conference happening tomorrow. It is happening September 30th and October 1st of this week. And if you're listening to this later and you missed it, you can still catch it. It won't be live, but you can still get access. Um, And so uh, the best way for people to get in touch with you, Amanda, I imagine is Gem Conference on the website and Instagram. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So we're most active on Instagram. DM us if you have questions. We're very active. Try to get to you really quickly. Um, The website gemconference.ca.
0: Well, thank you so much for being here, Amanda. My it, pleasure. Yeah, it was such a pleasure <laughs> to have you. And um and it's just wonderful to to have this shining example of the ways in which community can be brought online. And and so cool to hear about the ways that you're working to co-create with your community to ultimately uplift even more voices and and support and inspire. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today for this episode and this chat with Amanda all about community. I so hope that it inspired you to get curious about what communities you might like to be a part of and and how in those communities we can be creating experiences that are really inclusive and accessible and opportunities for us all to bring our gifts and our talents to to really co-create together. Gem Conference is happening on September 30th. October 1st if you feel the call to join I'll be leading a breakout session as well on supported stillness and would absolutely love to see you there as always you can connect with me on Instagram you'll find me at Megan L Johnston or you can connect through my website MeganJohnston.com. wishing you all such an incredible day filled with heart and wonder